I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hey there. Ever wonder what happens to all those amazing screenplays that never make it to the big screen? Wonder no more. Welcome to Table Read Podcast, where we bring those undiscovered gems to life. Picture this. Talented actors giving incredible performances with the occasional laugh or blooper thrown in, produced by award-winning pros. From drama to comedy, TV pilots to feature films, there's something for everyone. And guess what? We release new episodes every week, so don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Table Read Podcast, where great stories finally get their chance to shine. Your host, Caitlin Brodnick. I love Scam and I love you. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in this week. Last week we were off. This week I was planning to be off again, but then I realized it's time for a confessional episode. So thanks for joining me. Today, I just needed to come clean to the listeners that I have been scamming myself. So Sue and I for the past three years, and now I'm hosting and studying more on scams than ever before. And we talk about con artists and people that sort of get into accidental scams and people that convince themselves that they'll be okay or lying to their family. And that's exactly what started happening to me. And I didn't want to give this episode. I didn't want to confess to our listeners because, you know, there is a bit of when you listen to a podcast, like a um, a relaxation element, maybe to it or an enjoyment element or an escapism. But we're going to get right down into my deep, dark dungeon, not sexually, like emotionally. Um, 
because I have been scamming myself and scamming in a way like I guess my family even though I didn't think I was and so we've covered all kinds of scammers and now it's time for Katie to come clean. So guys, I love this podcast. Shout out to all of our Patreon patrons. This sort of deep, personal, embarrassing content is what we save for Patreon because I don't always want it to be on our main feed. We're at ScamWow Podcast on Patreon if you are dying to find out what my Prozac dose is, but um, where we just, Sue and I, and we have lots of great episodes from her too, where we just like share the things that we wouldn't want to get accidentally spread across the internet. But if I can't say it here for free to my own podcast listeners, what can I say? So I'll be transparent that, you know, Sue and I talk about we get some money from our advertisers. It's not a ton, but it is more than zero dollars, I think. I don't know if I'm allowed to share how much money we make from them. But let's say a month, like I'll take home like after percentages are taken out and after uh, parts being given to producers and everything, I like a month, I make about like maybe $200 safely saying, including taxes. And then our Patreon is like a hundred dollars. So you'd be like, Oh, that's like, you know, $300 a month. Um, my therapy is a hundred dollars a month. So I have, I don't even know if I should be saying all this guys. I'm just sharing my financial issues just like free because we do so much studying and researching of other people's like triumphs and failures and I just have to come clean I think I mean I've I've told my therapist I told Alan I've started to increase in credit card debt and it's really embarrassing because I know credit cards are a way to scam you and to they take advantage of you and the rates are really high but I okay let me backtrack so I wanted to confess on this episode really because I had to apologize to Alan and to like my family members for keeping from them that I was in credit card debt. And I'll say it out here on this pod. I maybe Kate has to bleep this out. I don't know if this will kill me. I'm $6,000 in credit card debt. And that is from the wedding that happened this summer. And it's from a couple of sessions of therapy for sure. And then it's from trying to keep things at a normal pace while I had no income coming in. And I was really struggling because there was a couple of gigs I thought I'd get that didn't work out. There was a speaking gig that I'm actually sharing on Adam Levin's podcast about this speaking gig that was going to be (laughs) $5,000. I thought I was going to get a job for another company. So there are all these sort of things waiting in the wings that I thought were going to happen. And I was spending on my credit cards thinking like, for sure I'm good for it. For sure I'll pay it back. And it hasn't happened yet. So I finally explained to Alan that I was trying to not stress him out, but I had this personal debt on my credit card. And it was really upsetting to him. And he was really heartbroken. He was really mad because he was saying, you know, you're you're hiding this from me. You're, it's like a lie essentially, which I didn't believe in any way it was a lie. I thought in zero case could this be a lie. This was just me basically creating self-harm or like if you go on like a binge or if you, you know, oversleep or something. I was like, this is just affecting my life. And if it does affect my credit score, but not his. 
But that's not what happens when you're in a partner relationship and when your partner is doing everything with you and believing it's 50-50. So Jesus Christ, do I have a lot of healing to do for that because I never thought I'd, I didn't even think I was lying. I really was like, let me just take care of this on my own. And that's where I realized that I have been scamming myself. I've just been totally scamming myself. And I felt so connected to all these con artists because no, I know I joke about like being a scammer, like wanting a discounting coupons and trying to get things for free. I love that. But the deep connection I have with all of these con artists is that there is this element that they think, hey, I could, I could really solve this problem. I could handle it on my own. And so instead of like coming to Ellen or coming to my parents and even just being honest saying, guys, I am in debt, so I can't necessarily pay for all the things I would naturally pay for or make it feel like it's 50-50 in whatever relationship, even though it's Alan still pays for more, but like, you know, trying to do my part instead of going like, I can't financially do my part right now because of all my acting jobs have shut down for COVID. Unemployment is out. Like I'm taking care of Lewis all day. Like there's just a lot of things that I didn't really want to admit. And so I just, I was just like any of those con artists, any of those scammers, any of those women in LuLaRoe, like it's so relatable. And and I just hope that like anybody listening, first of all, that you don't hate me and think I'm a trash person and never listen to this podcast again, because I just, all I know is how to be open and honest. And I wish I had, I wish this was a year from now where hopefully I'll be in a better standing, a better understanding of my financial circumstances. And I can say, guys, remember when I did that, but no, I'm actually in it, which I don't know if it's great entertainment or podcast value to share what's currently happening in my finances. It's just really embarrassing. It's really embarrassing. And I just saw a picture that I sent to my sister that was of two years ago when I was in Los Angeles shooting something. And I told her, I thought, you know, two years from then when I was in that moment, I thought that I would definitely be in Los Angeles with Sue doing ScamWow regularly and um, auditioning and, and acting and I got a part in a show and the show got canceled. So there's just all these things. But I think what's hard is that I just didn't want to give up the what if it it could all work out. And a lot of things in my profession are about the what if, like putting yourself out there on the line, thinking maybe this audition you'll get and it could help you out financially or this or that. But there has to be an element of soberness attached to it as well. And, you know, I want a big family. I Maybe we wouldn't want to have another baby, but that's not, I can't do that when I'm in debt and also like lying about it. And I don't even want to admit that I was lying about it. I was just trying to hold it in so tightly. And it was making me feel horrible and uncomfortable and disgusting and really like a failure when if I had just said to them when I was in a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars in debt I could have felt relief so much earlier so I guess I'm saying if you're in my position come clean as fast as you can I did have a friend say to me that she was in ten thousand dollars in debt and that was when she came clean and I was at an this meeting with other people and someone said they're way more in debt than me and and I think it's applicable to each person And you might say that's not a lot or that is a ton. In my family, this is a lot. And um, 
Yeah, I, I just find it fascinating because there's an element of when you're sort of expecting the impossible and, you know, you hear about all these Hollywood and actors and performers and they have they do this one audition that got them the job that changed their life and this and that. And that is a lot of what acting is in our profession and even podcasting. It's like someone shares your podcast episode and it goes viral and then you get a bunch more downloads and then you get more sponsors and suddenly you're a success. There's a lot of that in this industry that when the industry signs up for you or gives you that check mark, you suddenly are legitimate and also financially stable, which is every performer's dream, I believe, is just to be very financially stable. But looking back, what I should have been doing was just putting $10 away every single week just because on the off chance, and I don't know if other artists feel this way, but there's this feeling of sometimes if you put things in the, on the back burner, how am I describing it? It's like if you... If you keep things in a little what if pile or a mistake pile or um, emergency relief fund, then you aren't giving your whole self to your art. It's very fucked up. I remember in theater school, they said to us, like, if you aren't fully in this, if you could do anything else in your life, get out now because it's a hard road. And what a horrible thing to say to 17, 18, 19 year olds. <laughs> like, of course, we can do other things. We're children. We're learning. Like, of course, it was the worst thing you could say and it then I think they're trying to make us double down and like make our life decisions just then which who cares you can make your life decisions at 55 I don't care but um it made me like hyper nervous that if I didn't pull all my eggs in this basket then another career would catch me and I would leave and I would never look back and it's so ignorant and nerve-wracking <laughs> and I just I if you wrote this down in a script, I'd be like, what a dummy. And it's me. I'm the dummy. And I just have to come clean because I want to be as transparent as possible. Like we are laughing and we're talking about these con artists and these scammers and people calling in. And it is such a human nature to try and believe that it will work out. Or even if you get a scam phone call and you're trying to think the best of the person, or even if, you know, you get involved in a scam website and you accidentally send some money because you thought somebody was starving and needed financial support. It, it's hard because a lot of these scams are involved and ingrained in deep, deep hope. And I think that's actually what a lot of these cults start as and a lot of these MLMs start as. Because let's say for cults, it's usually they want an idealistic place. They want a community that is so fully self-supporting and loving and everybody contributes and everybody lives on an ashram, let's say, or everybody lives in this small community and we all believe in peace and zero firearms. Like it could be a really great idea. Then what usually happens is one person starts to lose control over the group for whatever reason, pulls in all of these religious tactics and mind control tactics or sometimes just from the start it could be a crazy person that starts it just crazy and horrible and then the cult becomes something it's not because you're losing control of their people whereas if you have an mlm too you have let's start with like the LuLaRoe. you have all these skirts that you're so excited and everybody's loving these skirts and you want other people to join and you want to sell all these skirts well then you don't have enough skirts so you're lying to people to keep up this dream keep up this reality and it turns poorly. And that's 
what happened I did to myself. I We joke about the paintings, but okay, so I found out that the paintings were actually, okay, if anybody hadn't heard this episode, let me backtrack. I had a crazy night, which probably started off all these issues, uh, a wild night of the heart where I was on salvationarmy.com where they have an auction for their items and some of their items are incredibly valuable and you can put your name in the auction put a bidding in and you bid until you win and it can be like similar to ebay like six days away or you can jump on it and you could win because the bidding ends in a half hour and you play with multiple people you don't know anyone's name everyone has a screen name I say you play. See, that's number one red flag, guys. You play. My family has a gambling issue and I'm seeing it now. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Do you like science fiction? I'm Carrie Bechet, and if you loved movies like Arrival or Interstellar, then you're going to want to check out my podcast, Hypothetical. On Hypothetical, we tell speculative sci-fi stories interwoven with real science. New episodes every Tuesday, available wherever you get podcasts. So you, so I bid on these two paintings. One painting turned out to be $32,000. I paid $23 for it. And the other painting I did find out is worth like $700 and I paid $100 for it. Did I have $100 at the time to pay for the painting? No. Like that's the thing is I was probably already getting ready to spend a ton of money on this wedding for my best friend. I didn't. But in that moment, I believed that I could make a profit off of this. I'm so smart because I figured out that this painting is worth more than they're selling. And wouldn't I be so lucky to flip it? And then I could have some sort of income because I didn't have any work and I wasn't making any income. And so at that 1 a.m. time where I'm bidding on these, which why do every, why does every like eBay auction end at 1 (laughs) a.m.? Like 1 a.m., 3 a.m. So I just said, I'm bidding on it at 1 a.m. And I have a decision that I can figure this out. And I bid and put in my number and the numbers keep going up. And then I realized that if you set a high bid, I think I talked to this with Fumi when he was on our episode. If you set a higher bid, like let's say I, I put my bidding at $70, but it's only up to 25 then that whoever bids will keep losing until they reach $70 because I will keep winning until 70. So let's say somebody bids at 25, then I'll 
win it at 26. They bid at 27. I'll win at 28 automatically. It goes up until it goes to the price that I'd be willing to pay, which is 70. So on a whim, I was like, I guess I'm fighting with this person. I thought it was in real time, but you can set your bid amount and then leave your computer. So I thought I was fighting back and forth with this person for a painting. And I was like, fine, a hundred dollars. Let's see what he does. And then he did nothing because he wasn't on his computer (laughs) and his automatic bid topped off at whatever, 90. And so then I got this painting at a hundred dollars and I have two paintings in my house and I have not been able to sell them yet. I'm on eBay. Nobody wants to buy the one that's worth $700 and the one that's worth $3,200. I'm very nervous about it. I'm very nervous. Do I set it up with a auction company? Do I set it up with, um, on eBay? Like apparently they're huge to sell in Japan, but to get on Japanese eBay, you have to speak Japanese, which I don't. And all of these things that I didn't expect to sort of come with this fall of being a seller of an expensive item. Guys, that number one, I was lying to myself right there. Then I I would lie to myself saying that, don't worry, I will take care of it. It's no one else's problem. Well, these paintings now have gone to like every single room in my house, moving them around so that we can make room for Lewis's toys or that they don't get milk spilled on them or something. So now these paintings are like everywhere in our house, um, about to fall over at any time, about to get damaged, still hasn't been damaged, but I'm just waiting for that day. And I keep opening and closing all these tabs and trying to resell it on eBay. Nobody's biting. And this is a huge lie that I told myself like there's the problem with all of this and I'm seeing a lot of it on TikTok and a lot of it on social media is that they're saying you guys have no idea how much money you can make by doing this activity and so they'll show you some incredible fad that's coming out like a reselling something or flipping vintage goods but you have to hope someone buys it it means nothing if no one buys it and I know this is like the most simple thing that my parents have told me about. And it's embarrassing. It is so embarrassing at my age. I still thought I could pull it off, I guess. I mean, I, I'm i not harming anyone. I don't feel that I'm one of those scammers that is harming people and lying to people or selling them a, a fake blood or something. I, I really just to myself thought I could be faster and more tenacious in this. And I'm just not. And that's where I just have to say, like, there's such a human element to all of this where there's hope attached to everything. But there's also hope in great things. Like, I hope one day I can run a 5K. So I'm going to practice running a 5K. But the difference is, is that I physically will practice that. This is hope that someone else will think what I have is a value to help me get out of credit debt. (laughs) So, guys, it's just... It's a real short episode, but it's a really important episode because I just want to be honest. And, you know, I, you could be listening like, whatever, Caitlin, I'm over you. I'll never talk to you again because you're an idiot and you should know all this. But I don't know. I'm also just very happy to share that I am learning and I am very human in this situation and completely struggling in this way. And so I've stopped all credit card spending. I have even told, I saw my therapist today and I said to her, 
I admitted to her I'm in debt. She said she was really proud that I, look at me trying to tell you guys, guys, be proud of me. Um, She said that she was happy that I caught it when I did and that I noticed the signs. The signs too is I was being very stressed out, very anxious, very short with Alan. And he was like, what is going on? Why are you so tense? Like, what is there to be upset about? And I had to be like, well, this is what's upset about. Uh, I've been trying to hold this in. And it was a huge issue for us. It's a huge issue. I mean, I'm, I will solve this problem by just continuing to be very honest, very mathematical, and not very emotional about my purchases. Um, during COVID, when Lewis and I were on our own all day, I was just trying to give him a happy, good life. And I would say, you know, okay, we can get cookies here or a donut there, or we can get a little toy at TJ Maxx because I was really trying hard to give us something exciting during the day and a little treat to look forward to or an activity. And going to TJ Maxx was a great activity during COVID because we were masked up and cleaned and sanitized and everybody was vaxxed. And so I created this setup that served me at the time, but I thought that I could solve very quickly. And I should not have done anything until the money was actually there. No matter how much I believed certain jobs would pay me back, no matter how much I believed a speaking gig would completely erase my debt, I can't do that anymore. At least at this age, you know, as far as it goes to being financially spending. So I don't want to give up my hope. I don't want to give up my dream of being an actress. And I don't want to give up my creative prospects. But I just cannot hand over a card, credit card, cash, unless I know that there's going to be some kind of money putting in. And that then goes to my people pleasing, which is also why I'm like, wow, I could be in a cult in a second because we've talked to friends of ours who were former cult members. And there's this element of people pleasing where the group says, let's all do this together or let's all support each other in that way. And you get kind of wrapped up and get involved. And then little did you know, you are all wearing high tops and drinking Kool-Aid. And it's not not that extreme, but I, a friend of mine said, oh, you lost some weight during COVID. And she was like, I hate that. Everybody gained weight. And she was giving me a hard time. But the reason was, I told her, is that I wasn't going out to restaurants, eating with friends, um, getting desserts with them, people pleasing to be like, oh, let's all get dessert together. I really have a thing of, I guess, like game day, game moment is what when we're all together with friends and everybody, I don't want to disappoint anyone. And I think that has to go with me spending money if I didn't have it. And then also eating desserts that I didn't need to eat. Just things where I wanted to keep this party going and keep us all happy and entertained. And that always, I need to find ways to do that that's not going to harm myself. So I'm as we're creeping out of COVID now, we're still very careful because Lewis is three and is not vaccinated. But we have seen a couple of friends here and there who are and... I just have to slowly start working on kindly and as uncomfortable as I am setting these very simple parameters with my friends, like very simply to say, I actually can't afford to go out for coffee right now. I can make some or I'll bring mine and meet you there. Or, you know what, that's gluten. I can't eat it. I wish I could, but I will shit my pants. <laughs> I mean, I, I, if I told my friends I will shit my pants at the end of hanging out with you, they probably don't want that. They would probably say, Caitlin, please don't, you know, please eat an apple. And I don't know. I just 
had such embarrassment admitting the gluten allergy and now I'm having embarrassment eating admitting the the money allergy and so the money allergy oh you guys it is an allergy isn't it um so i just i think that is the crazy thing that i've loved in covid is that being able to take care of myself and have those restrictions i could be literally inside and just thinking of like what's best for me and my family and not at all worried about people pleasing and it's Again, it's embarrassing to have people pleasing as an issue because this is now affecting my family and my health and I don't want to do that. So I'm just here for anybody else who is struggling and or if you're struggling about coming back into the world after COVID or if you're struggling about because you really wish you could join a cult and they seem really fun and hot. And I mean, give me a bunch of people together with beautiful blonde highlights and I I listen like I listen to them. So Anyway, I don't even know if this is an episode that is fulfilling <laughs> enough to anyone, but I just, I adore you listeners and you've been such a huge deal and a huge part of my life and your messages matter so much. Your comments, your reviews, everything you have to say matters a lot to me. So I want to say thank you guys for listening. Thank you for also being a community that I know would call me out on this. If we were hanging out, you'd be like, Caitlin, what are you doing? So I am thrilled that I get to have this as part of my mental health experience because I'm checking myself. I know that you guys would check me if we were hanging out together in a room or online. You could check me online, check it all day. So if this has ever happened to you, I'd love to do a mailbag episode with personal embarrassing scams and debt. And hiding things and lying to ourselves. And I'm making a vow that I am telling people that I owe money to and going to actually Bank of America has a plan that I can deal with this debt. And then I think a bunch of the medical bills that I owe, I can call. I'm just going to start writing down everything that I have that I owe and then start to slowly contact all those creditors or, um, Bill, billing departments of each thing and just explaining to them like right now I'm coming clean I am in a bit of debt what is how can we work this out and how can I make sure to pay you back in the time that works for both of us with not having anything really coming in um, maybe my therapist <laughs> should lower her rate I don't know but <laughs> I'm really grateful for you Patreon patrons and all you listeners because it's helping me pay for therapy to get me to the point to realize that I need to make more money. And yeah, I, I'm i going to work on this every single day. And I have, you know, spoken and talked to Alan about my finances every day. I'm not keeping anything from him as depressing as it is. I didn't want to, I just didn't want to disappoint him. I didn't want to depress him. But holding it in all by myself made me a panicked mess and completely still disappointed him and depressed him. So that's we'll have him on one day to talk about his feelings because I guess, I guess he was scammed. That's a horrible thing to say about your spouse. I don't know. I, I was trying to protect him and did none of that. So I love you guys. Thank you again for listening. You can find us at scamwapodcast on gmail.com. Find us on Gmail, find us on Instagrams, find us on the Twitters. And I hope you guys are all doing well. And if you're going through anything like this, give yourself a loving, hug some self-love take a bath take a nap and then message me and let me know about it so that you're not alone and i'll help you i'll make you feel better okay thanks for listening bye
Have you ever watched a futuristic sci-fi movie and wondered, but wait, could any of this really happen? And will I live long enough to see it? That's what our show Hypothetical is about. I'm Carrie Bechet, and on this podcast, we ask what-if questions about the future. Like, what if we could read minds? What if the world's digital data was erased all at once? What would happen if the Yellowstone supervolcano erupted? Then we explore that question two ways, through speculative science fiction and through dialogue with brilliant scientists. The result is a genre-bending narrative that's interwoven with real facts provided by literal geniuses. And, spoiler alert, a lot of the science fiction out there, it's not nearly as far-fetched as you might think. Come time travel with me into the future on Hypothetical. New episodes on Tuesdays available on all your favorite podcast apps. Just search Hypothetical. That's H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L.